The NBA is back, and you can save 40%. Don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Get all access to The Athletic's exclusive, in-depth coverage of the unprecedented sports season. The Athletic is the best coverage around. You find all of Tony Jones' stuff for the Utah Jazz. You find all of... David Aldridge stuff, Sam Amick, Ethan Strauss, Marcus Thompson, whoever you want to read. We've got baseball, football, we got soccer, we got hockey, we got everything you could absolutely want, plus the best NBA coverage in the world. And the NBA's back. You saw it with Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans taking on Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and the Utah Jazz last Thursday night. You see it with LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard going at it. You're going to see it for the rest of this NBA season. And again, you subscribe now and you save. Sign up for yourself by going to theathletic.com slash game notes. You get the creativity. You get the reporting. You get the storytelling that sets the athletic apart. That's 40% off an annual subscription. It's like $2.99 a month. What a great deal. Back when we used to go to coffee shops and stuff, that's like one coffee a week. One coffee a week for just one time a month. What a great deal. You can't beat it. Theathletic.com slash game notes for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you here. Welcome to Game Notes, your Utah Jazz podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. Don't forget to check out the podcast on theathletic.com. You can comment on the podcast. You can comment on all of our podcasts. You can uh, comment on Tony's stories. You can comment on my power rankings. Whatever you want to do, check out theathletic.com and you get a full range of all the features if you subscribe there. Tony, we've got real basketball. 106-104, Jazz beat the Pelicans, and let me say this, Tony, I know everyone's happy, they got the win, Rudy Gobert got the first bucket, and he got the clinch of free throws, Donovan Mitchell, you know, had a good playmaking game, and Jordan Clarkson came off the bench in the second half and had a good game, Mike Conley hit shots, let me tell you, Tony, I'm not impressed by this win, even with everything going on, it's the first game back, there's going to be some rust, I think they got bailed out by the Pelicans. You weren't impressed by that win? No, like none of it impressed you. Like it didn't like not even a, a teeny tiny bit impressed. Not a tiny bit. The Pelicans gave them that game. You are a tough crowd. Oh, my goodness. If it wasn't for Zion Williamson and Derek Favors looking like they've never played defense in their life, Pelicans would have blown them out. That's right. I'm raining all over the parade today. All right. Let's say I agree with you about Your guy, Derek 50. Favors, was atrocious last night. He'd had the ball in the last minute in the mid in the mid range, right? And he's just looking to give this thing away. He didn't even think about shooting a jumper. He didn't even think about shooting a shot, attacking, doing anything. I know he's got Rudy Gobert on him, but come on. You're left alone. I will say this. Let, let's let's attack one thing at a time, okay? Because right now you're all times. I'm all over the up. place. Look, man, I got a lot of energy you, with this listen. season. Back. You're a lot. You're a lot right now. You're a lot right now. Let's attack this one thing at a time because I'm so excited by what you just said that Tanika just like interjected in and told me that my mic was hot. So let's say I, I agree with you about 50% on the Pelicans gave this away because I actually don't disagree with that. I think that the Jazz had a lot of help. And getting back into that game last night. You know, it was interesting because on Twitter, there was so much criticism for playing Zion 15 minutes. But in those 15 minutes, I mean, Zion did a lot to help the Jazz get back into that game because his defense was just absolutely atrocious, like you said. And I think Derek's defense, uh, I thought it was his defense was really good in the first half. And I thought in the second half, it was probably close to the opposite. So I do agree with you a little bit. Now, that being said, 
the Jazz still had to get back into the game. They were down 16, Zach. Like when you're down 16 and you come back. I mean, at least some of the credit is on you, right? Sure, and all, all it took was the Pelicans reverting to every single problem they've had. That's the thing. This is the thing, Tony. It's, I don't think the Jazz played great defense in the fourth quarter as they held them to like six of 22 and all that right and i'm not i'm legitimately not trying to take away from what the jazz did which sounds like a complete contradiction to everything i just said in the previous couple of minutes i get that but with what that was like the pelicans they've had this issue all year where they just completely shut down they stopped doing everything that works on offense they just dribble the life out of the ball and then throw up a bad shot and that's what they did last night. And I don't think it's because the Jazz forced them into it. I think they just revert to this. And I think the Jazz benefited from it. I think the Jazz forced them into it by putting game pressure on them, if that makes any sense. Oh, I like that. Because, I like that theory. Okay. And I agree with you. I think that New Orleans became really shot hungry. They started shooting. There were a lot of one-pass possessions down the stretch. And I do agree with you. They stopped doing every single thing that they did to get that lead. But when they were up 16, when everything was fine, when everything was dandy, they were moving the ball, they were making the extra pass, they were defending on the other end, they were getting out in transition, they were making open shots, they were hitting the open guy, and they did stop doing all of that. And they stopped doing all of that because I think they had a lot of game pressure on them. And when they had a lot of game pressure on them, like teams that have done what New Orleans has done all season, they did. They kind of reverted back. And this is my view of the Pelicans. They just have too many cooks in that kitchen. And even Lonzo Ball right now is getting kind of shot hungry. And they don't have guys who are ball movers. For everything that we said about Joe Ingles last week, about him shooting the ball, about him passing up open shots, guess what? Joe Ingles is a ball mover. Joe Ingles thinks about getting his teammates involved first before he looks for a shot. Same thing with Mike Conley. Same thing. Donovan Mitchell has shown the same traits in this restart, even though sometimes Donovan Mitchell reverts to, okay, I'm a little bit shot hungry. But he's shown the same traits that Joe Ingles and Mike Conley has shown in his restart in terms of getting his teammates involved. And I think that his playmaking stood out again last night, especially down the stretch, which we'll obviously talk about. But New Orleans doesn't have any of that. All of those guys are trying to get shots up. A lot of those guys, and this is the problem with having a bunch of young guys on the roster at the same time, a lot of those guys are in rookie contracts. And they're playing for second contracts. When you get a lot of guys playing for second contracts, that's kind of what you have right there. So I agree with you in terms of I think the Jazz had a lot to, a lot of help in getting back into the game, but they still had to get back into the game. When you're down 16, you still have to make plays on your own. When you're down 16, you still that's have true. to make shots. You still have to get stops, and you still have to execute at a high level because you're in such a deep hole that it kind of has to be a perfect storm for you to get back into the game. Yeah, I agree with that. I will say like the four adjustments I really liked and maybe they weren't so much adjustments as just kind of corrections of what they were doing and kind of smoothing it out a little bit, not necessarily going a different way. But number one was Donovan Mitchell was, he got eaten up alive for a few minutes in the second for half. For three quarters. By, by, no, by but Drew for Holiday. three quarters. Well, well, actually like, yeah, the first quarter, he, the first quarter was a little rough and then I thought it was fine. I, I didn't think it was bad, but then there was a point in the, in the, I believe the early to mid fourth quarter where Drew Holiday was just undressing him right like drew holiday was destroying him and he couldn't do anything and then i thought he he just calmed down he just calmed down and he instead of just attacking 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 he took his time he showed a lot of poise he um you know he changed speeds on pick and rolls to give rudy time to to do a hard roll to the basket right like and and the adjustment of him doing that 
which helped build, I would say, even more opportunities between him and Rudy. I thought that was fantastic. Um, well, the Donovan, you, took the, Donovan took the game over last night. He did, yeah. He took the game over. He found Rudy for that foul um, and the two free throws, that which he knocked down, which I, I legitimately was surprised. Like, I... Rudy's not a horrendous free throw shooter. I just didn't expect him to, to make both of those, let alone one of them. I was surprised that Rudy made both. I thought he would make one. This was my thought. I thought that if Rudy had made one free throw, I thought that the Pelicans would have won the game because I thought uh, with Rudy making one free throw, I thought the Pelicans would have figured out a way to get a two-point basket. Yeah. Um, and when he made both, it changed the complexion uh, of New Orleans' final possession let me ask you this question tony let's say he only makes one right you think they put zion in on that fa- on that final play no but they should have put him in i mean it didn't matter whether they were down two or down one they should have put him in for the final play yeah i guess for all of zion's defensive issues in 15 minutes he was six for eight from the field for 13 points yeah he that's can't it, like that's that's kind of the funny thing about this whole thing is like their offense completely sputters in the fourth quarter i think it was mostly them Although you're right, like the Jazz did put game pressure on them, and that and that forced some of the issues. I do like that that view on it. Um, but like Zion's the easiest score they have, and that's not like like Brandon Ingram's obviously the best score, but Zion's the easiest score they have. And it's like you have him on the floor, it changes a lot of those issues. It just gets you some easy buckets. Now, yeah, they were giving up buckets, but I don't look. I know the numbers were bad and everything. I don't think it was as bad. I think most of that issue happened in such small stretches that I think it was correctable. I think that if I were Alvin Gentry, I would have thought about having Zion on the floor for 15 minutes last night. Yeah. Because in those 15 minutes, he was, I mean, you know, there are just too many people who look at the box scores and look at, you know, the points and don't look at the other end of the floor. Right. I mean, people were just walking past Zion. The they were, but also, like, he, this is the thing, is that Lonzo had some good stretches defendly, defensively and had some disastrous stretches defensively, right? Um, Ingram was terrible defensively. Favors was terrible defensively. Zion was. Mm-hmm. Why are we focusing on the rookie? That's my question. Like, I'm not I'm not trying to absolve him. Like, he, he made mistakes, man. But, like, we're like, oh, that rookie's playing terrible defense against Mike Conley on that drive. It's like, of course. That's what happens. Yeah, I, I agree. But, I mean, did you see Zion? Yeah. Tony, that whole defense was a disaster in the second half. Like, I'm not, I'm not picking on Zion for that. I'm picking on the Pelicans. I'm not picking on Zion at all. Well, I'm not trying to pick on Zion. My question is this, and I'll, and I'll leave this alone because this is game notes, but my question is this. How recently was that pick of Zinni, Skinny Zion? Um, well, that's a good the question. One that, the one that surfaced on Twitter of him in well, the weight that, room. That's the other thing, Tony. James Harden doesn't look skinny. Nikola Jokic doesn't look skinny. None of these dudes look skinny. Right. We saw all these skinny, skinny Harden, skinny Jokic, right. skinny, skinny Zion, and it, it was like a couple of weeks ago, right? They look they the look same. They look nothing like that right now. Right. Like, how, where did You're that weight come from? It's just an Instagram filter, Tony. That's all it is. It's just angles and an Instagram filter. That's all it is. Jokic yeah. out here looking like an H&M model one day and Nikola Jokic the next. Yeah. It's weird. Um, all right. Uh, the other three adjustments. Jazz second unit was horrendous in the first half. I mean, to the point where I was like, oh my God, they're not going to win a game in the playoffs. Like, that's how bad the second unit was. And then Jordan Clarkson came out and he balled in the second half. Like, he was just good. The second unit was minus nine and 256 of the first quarter. Good. You know how hard that is to do? Yeah, to get outscored by nine points in less than three minutes? Yeah, that's really difficult. 
Like that is really hard. That is really difficult to do to be minus yeah. nine in two minutes and fifty six seconds. But they that just means that means every possession is going awry on every side of the floor. Yeah. They adjusted, and part of that adjustment was finally the Jazz in the second half realized, oh, they're not protecting the rim at all. Let's just right. go to the rim. And they still shot threes because you have to shoot threes, but like they just attacked the rim so viciously. Right. They played a lot more inside out in the second half. The first yeah. half, uh, the her- first half they played outside in. Um, I said as much on Twitter. They were jacking early threes. They yeah. weren't making extra pass. I mean, there were a lot of one-pass possessions. Um, and then the second half, um, at halftime, you know, Quinn Snyder must have went into the locker room at halftime and said, guys, you see that? That's the rim. You see. <laughs> you, uh, mind, you guys you, mind going there for a little bit? Yeah. Do you see who's under the rim? Nobody. Okay. So <laughs> if we go there, we will probably get layups. Yeah. And, and they he did. Looked at they Jordan. got layup after layup. He looked at Jordan layup. and he said, Jordan, you're shooting a lot of threes. So if you just go to the basket, you're going to score some points. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's what the Jazz did, basically. They turned. They turned the second half into the, to a layup drill. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, um, you know, they pushed the pace. They got, they got inside the paint. And when they got inside the paint, the rim protection on the other side was, was, was almost nil. And, and like you said, Jordan Clarkson was terrific. He had 23 points. Uh, he, had a, he had a terrific second half. And he was the heartbringer for, um, for Donovan Mitchell being able to wake up and dominate the fourth quarter uh, in the manner that he did. So I think Jordan Clarkson uh, gets gets a lot of credit for, for what yeah. what the Jazz were able to pull off last night. Yeah, look, man, he's the greatest six man in jazz history. He's gonna he's gonna find his way at times. He was he was great. Listen, he's proven me right. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the fourth adjustment. And this is a, this is going to be an issue for them with just defending big perimeter wing scores, um, but Brandon Ingram just torched them in the first half, right? Like he like they Rudy had nothing for him, Royce O'Neal had nothing for him, Joe Ingles had nothing for him. They couldn't handle him, and I thought the way Royce O'Neal adjusted defensively to just take away space and take away dribbling space from Brandon Ingram in in the second half, I thought that was another huge adjustment for the Jazz. Um, as they as they you know helped kind of lock in now some of that I, again I do think the Pelicans just reverted to some bad basketball habits that have plagued them all season with with fourth quarter and clutch moments but I think Royce I think Royce did have a hand in that because I thought he was great on Ingram in the second half Brandon Ingram was 0 for five with Royce O'Neal as his primary defender in the second half Brandon Ingram was one for nine I believe in the second half alone he finished seven for twenty. Yeah. Uh, from the field, uh, he started six four eleven. This was no small feat. What the Jazz did to Brandon Ingram. L- let's go with the context. The context is um, Brandon Ingram before last coming into last night out was giving the Jazz thirty nine a night Ooh. per matchup. Ooh. You know, so Brandon Ingram has basically kicked the Jazz's ass throughout the entire season, and he did so again in the first half last night. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Jazz were able to shut his water off. That shocked me because the Jazz haven't the Jazz have been overmatched in in, in that individual matchup against Ingram this season and they looked overmatched in the first half. There were memes on Twitter, you know, talking about talking about the Jazz trying to trying to guard Ingram. It was bad. And then all of a sudden, the Jazz were able to figure it out. Last night was a group win for the Jazz, but I mean, you know, Royce O'Neal with his defense on Ingram, his defense uh, in general, 
And his rebounding, his traffic rebounding uh, in the last five minutes yeah, of, he went of last it. night was just, uh, it was invaluable uh, to, to, to the Jazz being able to win that game because basically the Jazz didn't do anything well in the first half outside of the first six minutes. And one of the biggest problems was defensive rebounding. And Royce was able to to come in and help Rudy because when Rudy went out and started challenging shots in the mid-range um, in, in the fourth quarter and forcing misses, Royce cleaned up those misses uh, that were, were previously being turned into uh, offensive putbacks. So I, I think Royce O'Neal did a, did, did, did a terrific job uh, defensively, and, and he went a long way. Uh, he he was one of the big reasons why the Jazz were able to come back and win that game. Yeah, you mentioned the rebound. He did. He went. And, he went and just grabbed some rebounds down the stretch. That I, you know, they needed someone other than Rudy. You know, they're they're putting bodies on Rudy, and for him to come in and just snatch those rebounds, that was huge. Um, all right, we want we got to get some adjustments in there. But first, I need to tell you, we got to pause to tell people about the advertising with the Athletic. Most of our listeners are in and around the Los Angeles area, but. You can be anywhere and still advertise with The Athletic. What better way to promote your business than through our show? Our listeners are loyal. They're engaged just like you. What better way to advertise your business than on your favorite podcast? To advertise on this very show, go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. There you can fill out a very simple form. We'll get back to you right away. Go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today and start advertising with us. You get your ads around Tony and I just breaking down this jazz podcast, right? Tony, what a better way to, to advertise than with us supporting that ad with great jazz breakdowns. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Look, I can't guarantee anything, but Tony, business may triple for all we know if you advertise with us. Who knows? It might not, but it might. You won't know until you try. It's that simple. There you go. I agree. Podcast ads. Theathletic.com slash podcast ads. Advertise with us. It's a great idea. All right, Tony. Let's finish this out with adjustments moving forward. We talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again. Joe Ingles. Shoot the bleeping ball. Joe Ingles shoot the ball, even though I don't think last night was as glaring as, as the scrimmages, especially in the second scrimmage. Who was that second scrimmage against? It was against the Miami Heat. Joe was just passing up wide open shots. Yeah. And I don't think he, there were a lot of wide open shots that he passed up last night. Number two, Joe did not have gaudy statistics, but I think that there was a four minute period at the beginning of the first at the beginning of the fourth quarter where the Joe and Tony Bradley pick and roll was really effective in getting the the Jazz baskets not all of those baskets aren't going to go into the stat sheet with Joe scoring or or Joe getting the assist but uh, the play started with the Joe and Tony Bradley pick and roll, and Joe was able to to get that done with Drew Holiday on him, which was even more impressive because Drew Holiday on the ball uh, defensively last night was absolutely tremendous. So I thought that Joe played, you know, like a lot of like a lot of guys. I thought Joe in his role was was important in his role. I thought that he played well, and like I said, I don't think he passed up any glaring open looks. But yes, you want him to shoot the ball. Yeah, I thought he hesitated on a bunch of looks. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree. I don't. Think I guess, I guess I'm. Stuff. I guess I'm judging it based on like what Boyan would have done, and maybe that's unfair because they are different players. But like there, were, there are plenty of times he got kicked out. I'm thinking, just let it fly. Yeah, you're a great shooter. Let it fly. That drove me a little crazy. I want to see the Jazz slow the pace. First half, I thought they got caught up in the Pelicans' pace, and they're not a good team playing that fast. I agree with you. You know, I think there were some real careless turn- turnovers in transition because they were trying to to be somebody who they're largely not. And I think the Jazz want to play fast 
but they want to play fast for the Jazz. Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like they want to yeah, play relative, fast. Right. They want to play fast for them. Like they don't want to play New Orleans fast. <laughs> right. Like nobody wants to. You know that that was yeah, the New, thing. New Orleans is trying to tear. I mean, New Orleans is trying to tire themselves out. They don't care. Right. And and I think that's the distinction. Yeah. You know, the Jazz are trying to play just fast, period. Like, in the first half, they were trying to play, you know, seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns fast. And that's just not going to work for them. Now, they can play relatively fast for them. And relatively fast for them means if you have a fast break or if you have a transition opportunity, please don't hesitate to take it. It doesn't mean run up and down the floor like you're you're in gym class, like what the New Orleans Pelicans do. I think that that's a, a valid thing. I think that Quinn Snyder uh, is probably telling his team today that, and obviously this is something that, you know, nobody's going to say in public, but I think that, to paraphrase, I think that Quinn Snyder is probably telling his team, like, hey, a good team probably won't let you come back from 16 down like New Orleans did last night. So I think that, you know, the Jazz have to make a lot of adjustments and be more resolute defensively for much closer than four to 48 minutes on Saturday against Oklahoma City than they were on Thursday night against New Orleans. Yeah, so they have uh, they have OKC on on Saturday, 1:30 Mountain Time starting, and then they have they got the late game Monday night against the Lakers, which will be at 7 p.m. Eastern. Predictions for those two games, Tony? Yeah, I mean, do you always want to do predictions with me? Just with you. We always do predictions. I just like we? putting you on the spot. We always do this. I'm going to say one and one. Tony, I'm going two and oh. Yeah, you're I think wild. They beat the Thunder. I think they beat the Lakers. You think they beat the Thunder and beat the Lakers? It's a home game Monday night. You know? They'll have the Jazz fans on the video board. It's going to pump that team up. Yeah, they're all neutral court games. Yeah, but it's a home game. You know? Jazz get to put their signage up there. I think that's going to be fun. Who knows? Chris Bosch might be there. Chris Bosch was at the Lakers Clippers game. In video form last night. Yes. Maybe Chris Bosh shows I up. Did hear that. Yeah. So there you go. All right, Tony. Um, you so say one and one, I say two and oh. Yeah, why not? I'm gonna say one and one. Jazz fans, get excited. We're back to predicting games for no reason. Listen, I put this on Twitter, but I mean I was so happy to just have the adrenaline rush of a game night and cover a basketball game. It's fun, um, man. Last night it was, it was fun. It was terrific. It was yeah. definitely terrific. Hook it to my veins, bro. Oh, hook it to hook it to all the veins. Uh, check out the Daily Ding, by the way, every single morning, Monday through Friday. Uh, it's myself. It's Dave DeFore. It's Jared Weiss. It's all kinds of people co- coming in, plugging in to uh, recap the night's action, have it ready for you in the morning. So check that out. Check out the other podcasts on the Athletic Podcast Network. Of course, we have the Athletic NBA Show, five different shows within the Athletic NBA Show every single day of the week so you get a different vibe different flavor for all five days of course no dunks no dunks doing bubble wrap live on youtube you can check out that in podcast form the next morning they're doing the regular show check out no dunks check out the other team specific blogs and uh and podcasts to make sure you're up to date on who the next jazz opponent might be and what they do well tony we got all kinds of coverage at the athletic theathletic.com slash game notes get 40 percent off an annual subscription if you're not subscribed what are you doing it's 2.99 a month Let's get it going. Come on, Tony. You got to hype these people into a subscription. Let's get it popping. I mean, our podcasts are fire. Fire emotion. They're, they're great, man. You know, better than that Pelicans defense last night. It's better than the Pelicans defense. You get to see, you get to hear Zach give me give me stuff for, for doing Zooms from my car. <laughs> I, I want to do another one of those soon. And I do, I, I want to get you a contraption to where you don't have to hold the phone. We're just going to. We're just going to get you a little stand to prop up in the car like a like an Uber driver. And I just want you to drive around Salt Lake City while we do the Zoom. 
Safely, of course. I don't want you looking at the camera. I just, I want to check in on you, you know? We're, we're going to make a Truman Show, but for Tony Jones. That was a fire Zoom. It was a fire Zoom. We did a great job preparing yes. people for the season. All right. Thanks for listening to Game Notes. Make sure you subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you find podcasts on any podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Check out Tony's great coverage of Utah Jazz. Check out Power Rankings. Check out all that good stuff. And we'll catch you next time on Game Notes.